It's the Carlton mid-strength. You know what that means. You drink weir. You drink beer and you're back weir. Five medals. Sit in. Gold. Oh, gold medals. I pull a stand down if I'm wrong. But wrong, wrong, wrong. The Carlton leave in the pool. The Sun Gold Milk for the World Cup. He's going to Axar. Hello listeners and welcome to the first episode of our three unit series. Throughout the three unit series, the Sultan and I will sit down and chat with racing personalities about their lives and experiences in racing. Today we're lucky enough to be joined by Australia's most enthusiastic race caller, Rick McIntosh, ahead of the famous three day Warnable Carnival. My name's Nick Foote, joining me as always is Twitter's favourite form analyst, the Sultan of Sydney. But more importantly, our uh, third unit here today at the table, Rick McIntosh. Rick, welcome along, mate. Happy to be here. Um, thanks for having me, Nick Saltz. Yes, yeah, good to see you, Rick. Yeah, we're pumped, mate. We're really keen to get in and hear all about your uh, your story in particular, especially in the lead up to the uh, Warnable Carnival kicking off on Tuesday, mate. Um, and hopefully we can find a couple of winners as well, Saltz, later in the episode. Yeah, we've got the fields out for the first day at least, so we'll, we'll pick the eyes for a couple of races there and hopefully can f- uh, find a few winners, like you said. Brilliant, mate. Hey, let's just kick things off at the beginning, Rick. What's your uh, what's your story, mate? What brought you to racing? How'd you get into it? I was a uh, uh, born and bred in a country town of Bendigo. My parents were uh, hobby harness racing people, and I just became infatuated with Bill Collins from about the age of my mother would probably say four. So from then on, it was. I wanted to be Bill Collins. It was, it was as simple as that. Yeah, it was as simple as that. So what about, um, so the, the bull carnival is quite synonymous with jumps racing. Was that something that you were always interested in or was it more when you started calling it Warnable that you got more interested in the jumps? Well, it was funny because, I mean, when, when I started off, I mean, it was obviously, um, you know, mostly harness racing and greyhounds and, and I actually um, thought that I would never ever call a thoroughbreds due to my eyes. And to be honest, I didn't have much interest in the thoroughbreds except for jumps racing, because as a with a harness racing background, we all thought harness racing people think their horses, the standees, are the the toughest animal and the it and a bit, you know. And these thoroughbreds are precious, you know. But when you're a young boy watching the Grand Annual, where they go through the paddocks and 5,500 metres and 33 fences and they're thoroughbreds, you go, you know. How on earth do these animals do yeah, this? And who horses. are the people that get them fit enough to do it, like the Jim Hurlands and all that? That intrigued me, and uh, and that was probably where the first where, where my love of um, jumps racing grew. So when I switched to thoroughbreds, which was uh, some twenty one or twenty two years ago, the first uh, the the main reason for doing so was was to, was the jumps and calling the jumps at Casterton was a on a Sunday was a huge part of my life and I loved it and looked forward to, looked forward to it so much and didn't uh, never for the life of me thought that it would uh, would end up with me being the voice of the Warnable Carnival but I feel lucky and honoured that it did. Awesome mate, I can't wait to talk about the Warnable Carnival with you soon but you said you started in greys and, and trots as well in terms of your calling, do you remember the first race that you ever called? How old would you have been then and which race was it? Who won? What was the price? Look, I uh, <laughs> I looked at some amazing stories that come out of the, the, the non-tabs back in those days. But I, I probably started calling trials when I was about 14. And it wasn't long, about 12 months later, I was started calling non-tabs, which there was a lot of then. Like, you, you wouldn't... People who were coming to racing in the last decade wouldn't understand how much non-TAB racing there was on a Saturday. What sort of tracks are we talking Oh, well, there was a harness racing circuit, um, which which during summer on Saturdays included Birchip, Donald, Bort, Wedderburn, Charlton, Minyip used to race at Horsham. Um, That's an absolute five-star circuit, isn't it? Yeah, so it was <laughs> some, no, some five-star hotels yeah, in those days. They liked, <laughs> liked race at those meetings for $500 and, yeah. and, and a race, and, and they were very, very popular. And... And when you weren't going to them, you'd go to, you know, Moulamine or Coral or Carathul or, 
you know, wherever you could get a... No wonder you've become the voice of country racing, Wherever you mate. could get a gig, you know. Yeah. So, um, it's a few kilometres on the clock there, mate. It was. So, so when I... Uh, so I was, doing, I was doing that, and then when I was 17, I, I do recall my first ever race on 3UZ, it was at Wedderburn, and I went with the, the late, great Brian Blackmore, who was like my mentor, and uh, he said, I'm going to... It was a Saturday, and he said, oh, you know, you can call race three... And he said, ah, probably won't be on three years. And anyway, John Verding, and he hates the trots. He was the anchor man back then. He said, ah, he won't put much of it on, you know, on a Saturday. So, it's, you know, he was trying to make it low-key for me. So I didn't. And he had his car parked um, below the broadcast box up there at Wedderburn. And he sat in the car and listened. And he'd worded them up, you know, as this good kid's first call, make sure you play the whole lot and let's have a listen to him. And the, the last horse hadn't crossed the line. And I don't remember who won it, by the way. <laughs> the last horse hadn't crossed the line. Um, and he was in the box shaking my hand saying, you just called your first race on air and it was fantastic, you know. So oh, that was, that. That was so it. Good. And then in that three years, we're like, well, as soon as you get your license, as soon as you turn 18 and get your license, we'll, uh, you know, we'll put you on the casual staff. Yeah. So. That's how it all started. Was your voice this deep when you were 14 when you <laughs> called your first race? Because it's a strong bloody voice you got. Yeah, yeah it, I always have had a pretty deep voice. Yeah. There's a, a good story about that, actually, when I was, without getting off the track too far, but when I was, call, when I was calling the, um, when I was calling the uh, trots at Mooney Valley one night, uh, Matt Hill was in the spare box as a 15-year-old kid learning. You could tell he was going to be good. He, he could always call a race, but he had a squeaky voice as a 15-year-old. And he uh, he came into the uh, came into the box one night. And he said, "Oh, you know, Mr. McIntosh, you know, would you listen to me call?" Like I was about 25. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I tell you what, yeah, if you don't call me Mr. McIntosh for start, <laughs> and uh, yeah, come in and we'll play one and play one. I said, "Oh, you, you call well, you know, like you just need your." your voice to get a bit deeper in the next few years and you'll be away. And he goes, funny you should say that. He goes, how would I get a voice as deep as yours? And apparently, um, well, Matt Hill and Lockie McIntosh, my brother, tell the story. Um, apparently, I told him a packet of Peter Stivos a day would be the best. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll be right. He went, he went home and told his mother and she wasn't that impressed. <laughs> so good. Uh, oh, that's good. <clears throat> Yeah, well, we'll move on to Warnable now, mate. And um, Oh, actually, no, no. I've got a question here about a couple of horses you're in. You're in on a few horses at the moment, aren't you, in terms of a little bit of ownership? Oh, look, I've, I've, I've tried to steer clear, but it's a wealth hazard being in, in the ownership <laughs> yeah, job. You don't have to ask footy. Hey, mate, but, um, <laughs> but anyway, I'll try, and, uh, I'll try and have a share in one here and there with a few mates, yeah. Andrea Mantegna, are you still in on that one? Yeah, really. Yeah. He's going to Warnable on Tuesday. Oh, is he? He's yeah. going okay. He had a good prep last prep, didn't he? Had a great prep. Once. Still with Jolly? He's uh, been pre-trained up in the, in the deep stand at store by Andrew Bobbin. Okay. He'll run for him on uh, Tuesday yep. and then uh, he will um, probably go into the Castleton Cup and then he'll go to Jolly's uh, for a nice staying race in Adelaide about oh. three weeks after that, which hopefully he'll... Uh, be payday for the owners all going well he's an oh, old I horse follow him yeah he's an old horse with a few injuries and all yeah, that okay. but his two jump outs have been good he wanted actually want to jump out at stall and then he ran fourth just idling beautifully in a terrain jump out behind be good to your mother and ocean beyond and like they were Not and harbour views and they were having oh, a yeah. feeding him stout yeah he was, okay he was a length and a half behind him idling but Jeez, he's might, eight and he's probably going to need a run. Yeah, okay. You might not get a price now with our 25,000 listeners, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you wouldn't want a backing first up, I wouldn't yeah. think. But he's, he's, I mean, the next couple of months is all about, you know, trying to get him in a position where he can uh, win one of those staying races at his level in Adelaide, you know? Yeah, cool. All right, mate, we'll move on to Warnable now. And, and also, obviously, thanks a lot because you've covered some territory today. Ben, you go to Melbourne, you've toured the suburbs, watch your kids' footy, you're in cuss at the foot here in Kensington. Um, if I did that many Ks, I'd, I'd blow a gasket. But that's, more, not, that's in, not many for more my, ways my standards. Than yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, all you said to me, mate, was all good, mate, anything that promotes the bull. So you just absolutely love Warnable. And, and what is it that's so magical about the Bull Carnival to you? The, the, the atmosphere that the people on that create at Warnable is, it's, 
it's just so unique and it's so uh it's like nothing you'll ever experience anywhere else to be honest i'm not you know totally sure as to you know the fabric and the reasons and all that behind it's just and it's developed too over the last 10 or 12 years to even new levels but it's just uh it's amazing it's the weather's normally awful and you know blokes just drinking cans and sharing footy and racing yarns and the atmosphere when the races are on like it's the only place where you can uh where as a race caller you can actually um uh i can engage with the crowd at warnable like i couldn't anywhere else you know if i was at a normal cup day and they were coming down the straight and i asked the crowd to go with me they'd look at me like i was stupid at warnable like it's just it's amazing, you know, like the atmosphere from the hill to the members and Grand Annual Race, even beyond off the track, you see the little crowds of people over at the houses off the track yeah. watching the Grand Annual vantage points that I can see through the binoculars. They aren't even on the course and there's 50 people over there watching the Grand Annual from there and from there. And it's, um, yeah, the atmosphere it's created there, it's just... It, yeah, I don't know what it is. It's out of this world. The racing is fantastic because everyone aims their horses for it. The jumps racing's the strongest of the year. And, you know, the the party nights are pretty good, they tell me. <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit we'll quiet get, I'm a bit quiet these days. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna get onto those a yeah. bit later, you're not getting off that easy. But I think what you just said there, Rick, really encompasses in that grand annual where you, you roll out how how bloody good is the bull. That just really encompasses what you've just said. Um that that saying is just famous with the carnival itself. Is that something that you um, you sort of just created? Where did it come from? Like in terms of, did you go in with a preconceived idea that I'm just going to roll this this one out, or is it just something that came off the cuff in one of your calls? Well, it, it's funny. You you may even know the uh, you may even know the bloke in another life, but Mark Opie is the team manager of. I don't think I've ever dropped his name anywhere, but he's the team manager for Richmond. Right. It's quite a big punter. I think he still is. Have small tea with a with a group of mates on a Wednesday night, and normally he's a part of it. And him, both him and his wife were crook. The year I dropped the the seriously how bloody good is the bull, and he rang me at breakfast the next day, and to say, "Oh, sorry, I missed you for tea last night." It was the only time of the year I talked to the bloke, to be honest, you know. And he coached me in footy years ago, so I know him. Gotcha. And. Um, Sorry, I missed our yearly catch-up. You know me and the wife were crook. Blah blah. Um, you're doing a great job at the carnival. You know, enjoy Grand Annual Day. And I was sitting in my motel having brekkie, and I was actually feeling a bit down about everything. You know, everyone had been uh, after a, the new carnival slogan because they used to just wait for it every year. You know, yeah. they were after the next vroom vroom or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and I was I was saying this to Striker, who was his nickname to me. I was saying to him. Uh, yeah, I said, oh, you know, Carnival's gone okay. I said, you know, I just wish I had been able to come up with a line, you know, and I still haven't got one yet. Hopefully something happens during the race. And he said, uh, you're trying too hard, mate. Like he said, seriously, how bloody good is the bull? You know? <laughs> and uh, when I got off the phone, I'm like, that's a good, that's a good yarn. That's a good line. That's Absolutely. Seriously, how bloody good is the bull? So I thought, I wonder could I get away with that in the uh, in the Grand Annual. And by the time the Grand Annual came around, I had convinced myself that I could get away with it. <laughs> uh, the bloody and all that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, it was funny, Bruce McAvaney said when they replayed the race uh, during the footy that night, the next night, and he said, oh, only Rick McIntosh could have got away from that. So I don't think Bruce would have ran with it, but, but I did. But I did. And um, so I, I had an idea that I was going to say that sometime during the Grand Annual, but, you know, race over 5,533 fences, there's no script. And, yeah, it came out when it came out, and, and uh, didn't they love it? <laughs> oh, it's such an unreal saying. And, mate, you're just an absolute nutcase behind the mic and i think that's why <laughs> blokes like us and all punters you know we've got our differences we might support bloody different footy teams to our form in different way or, or whatever but i think all punters are real similar that we gravitate to personalities and um i think you just being a genuine nutcase behind the mic is just 
makes people fall in love with you, mate. So, um, not, you, not everybody loves it, can I tell you? But not <laughs> well, everybody loves it. Anyone that doesn't love it, we can send them packing. Because yeah. you, buddy, what's the other ones? Go hard or go home, vroom, vroom, vroom. Mate, they they leave me in stitches. I've absolutely um, loved listening to those replays over the years. Hey, there's another, there's an iconic pitch. I don't know where you were actually. 2011, you, I think you were number two caller, were you down, yes. down there at the yeah. time, calling maidens and things like that? There's that iconic um, picture of Banner Strand in 2011 um, jumping jumping fence. I think people that don't even follow jumps racing are very familiar with that that piece of history. Where that made that girl famous. That gave her a career in photography. That yeah, photo, well, that, there you go. Isn't it known as like one of the most brilliant horse racing photos in world history? Oh, or have yeah. I just made that up? No, it's incredible. It's an incredible photo, yeah. It's an incredible photo. What was so you were obviously down there on the day. What was run us through it? Oh, well I was in the box next to Greg Miles, who was calling the annual, and um I was like half a metre from him. And he had a box full of people which I, I never mind it. Anyone can come in the box with me any race, any time I love it. it. It doesn't affect my work and mm-hmm. and, and Greg was very funny. He could hear a pin drop in the box. He didn't like people being in there. But he had them in for one race a year, and it was the Grand Annual. And it was a mate of his who was a journalist in Tasmania. He uh, used to bring a carload of people over to the carnival, and Greg had let them come in for the Grand Annual. But his phones on silent, and they knew what he was like. They right. knew him. They ate with him every night. And, and everyone was so quiet. There was just so much going on in that Grand Annual. And... Of course, Greg didn't see Banner Strand jump that fence. I thought it landed on the police car. Right. And like to try and stay silent whenever, when the crowd was going mad, when we're seeing what Greg wasn't seeing because he was following the race, he didn't know what Banner Strand was doing. It was, it was, it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. I thought he landed on the police car when he were, and the fence he jumped like you've never That's seen, unbelievable. You have never man. seen anything like it. Yeah. But uh, I, I, yeah, I love Banner Strand. We got his redemption two years later. That's the greatest grand annual. People ask me the greatest, what's your greatest grand annual? And I go, oh, 2013 Banner Strand. They go, but you didn't call that. Oh, doesn't matter. I was next to Greg, you know, from villain to hero. And yeah. to, if, to give you the backstory, like he, he was a slow New Zealand jumper. He was slow as a wet week, but he jumped well. And on the Tuesday, on, um, on Briley Day, he ran and he went fantastic. I think he ran fourth or fifth in the Briley and it was just closing like the last hundred. And Greg and I looked at each other after the race and I said, oh, I think I just saw the greatest grand annual trial in years. And he goes, yeah, if it wasn't Banner, so did I. If it wasn't Banner Strand, there's any other horse and you'd have had your house <laughs> on. Greg's flat on him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, he was a slow horse. Yeah, you know? yeah, it was yeah. like, that was a sensational trial, yeah. but it was grand annual trial, but it's Banner Strand. That was Greg's and he was right. Well, that night, after a lot of beers, um, <laughs> Brett Scott and John Wheeler had a party of all their owners, and I kept gate crashing it and saying, Banner Strand for the Grand Daniels. <laughs> and Scotty said, oh, you were absolutely mad. That other thing of Wheeler's will lap it. And I can't remember what it was, you know, but they had two in it. Yeah. He said, the other thing will lap it. I said, oh, we'll see, we'll see. Stirred him up, and of course, the race comes around, and... And Banner Strand goes from villain to hero to use Greg's words and wins it. And the, like John Wheeler and Brett Scott couldn't believe it. They had a function at the top of Whalers that night, and you had to go to the toilets, you had to walk through. And they booked out this room because they just won the grand annual. It was all their owners and John Wheeler and Brett Scott. Of course, by then I'm absolutely <laughs> taught. <torched. laughs> every, every time I walk through to go to the men's room, I was giving them a phantom call. Banner Strand! <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, you're bad, you're nuts. And uh, yeah, I still remember it to this day. And everything that's happened with Scotty in the last, uh, you know, six weeks with him getting, you know, kicked in the head and all that. And I haven't seen yeah. him, I must say. I hope he still remembers all that, those stories. They're, yeah, like, they're yeah. iconic to me. Yeah. Absolutely. Hey, mate, we personally... Personally, Salts and I haven't been to a Warnable Carnival yet because... Right, and hearing everything you're saying now... Yeah, well, I'm, I'm a bit scared. Of, I don't know if we could go the distance, Salts. This is the... Yeah, I'm not quite this, as a naughty boy as I used to this be. This is a real bender. <laughs> we're sort of, you know, we're not, we're not, we don't have the fitness for it just yet. But You'll soon get it. You'll yeah, soon find yeah, your yeah, mojo well, if you get listen down there, Listen to you speak. I'm starting to get a bit, a bit of a buzz. Just uh, feeding off that, who who out of the, who goes the hardest down there over the... Over the 
excluding yourself, of course, and the uh, on the off off races on the nights, who sort of goes the hardest uh, down there, and and the flip side of that, who who shirks the uh, who shirks the partying a bit. Um, I'm the shirker these days. You're kidding. Yeah, now the first couple of nights I've just got to be quiet. I, I, I won't have any voice left because oh, you go out enough. and you, t- you get on the squirt, which is no good for your voice, and then you talk to people all night. That's no good to your voice. No. And then you have darts, and then if you have something even heavier <laughs> Peter than Peter Stevenson, <laughs> if, if you have something even heavier than a dart, heaven forbid, your voice the next day's no good at all. So, so it's like. No, no, I'm, I'm the shirker these days. Hopefully, if I've got anything left in the tank, I'll make up for it on a Thursday night. You could walk into any bar on the Thursday night, like with a crown on your head, and just get in anywhere, couldn't you? Well, I ha- in saying that, the king of the um, the king of the carnival is always DK. No one would beat him. Yeah. He'd be the last bloke to leave every night, and <laughs> and still turn up at the track first the next morning, like he was a good man. But. Um, yeah, there's there's a few people always want to buy you a drink at the end of the carnival, but mm-hmm. it's funny you're saying that. I was at the top of Whalers one night, I reckon, about four or five years ago, and I people were wanting to buy me drinks, and I got about three or four on the go, and I'm going, do I look like I need you to... No offence, mate. No offence, Nick. Do I look like I need you to buy me a drink? But he was telling me that he owned a share in this horse or he sponsored this race, and he wanted to buy me. Okay, mate, righto, no worries. I've got drinks lined up everywhere. I've got a queue of people waiting to talk to me, and I'm going, and I'm just this bloody bush hack, and I'm thinking, gee, life's pretty bloody good. Have, oh, have a look at all these people. How good is the bull? And I, yeah. look, I look over to the side of the bar, and here's DK Weir. And he got a twice as big a line and twice as many drinks in front of Maybe I'm not as good as I thought I am. <laughs> That's so good. Oh. Well, you, you've brought up uh, DK there a bit, and and you've some people give you a bit of a flack because you sometimes bring him up in in the calls or whatever. And we're not bloody sixty minutes here. You can obviously see that we're real sort of laid back operators. <laughs> we're not we're not getting in the nitty gritty or anything. But like, what's the history there? You 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 blokes are good mates and. Yeah, like, are you childhood friends? Well, no, no. I didn't meet him until he was um, at stall as a thoroughbred trainer and um, just admired how many races he could win in the bush and how fit he could get his horses and how good he was and, and wanted to know him. And I ended up, I was Ben Mallam's first manager. Is that right? So I did really? that. Yeah, I did that. I managed Wayne. He's Hop. only young, isn't he? Oh, well, it's a few years ago now. So. Okay. But when he was an apprentice, I managed him, and then I managed Wayne Hawkeye, who was at the time the, the best. He was the leading country rider for two or three seasons under me. We were, and with Benny coming through that, so that was like my second job. And um, so I had to work pretty closely with, with DK then. And um, yeah, look, he's just, uh, yeah, look, so I've become mates with him. Yeah. Um, my respect for him as a horseman is just, out of this world like he can talk to horses he knows when they need soft hands or when they need a kick in the guts he's the guy's um genuine genuine greatness with his horseman skills and he's incredible and um they're, they're, you know there'll never be anyone as good as him in our lifetime so make no mistake of it and uh, and and he's my mate and, and if he's part of the and if he's part of the story, um, why should he be muted? So I've yeah. refused to, you know, you know, even trainers who are getting horses off him and getting told what to do by him at the start, I couldn't. They couldn't dare mention him because it was like I couldn't dare say thanks, DK, or hmm. um, because you know, you dropping his name was like a swear word. Well, well, why is it? You know, yeah. If you go to jail. And you're my mate. You're still going to be my mate. Hundred percent. Yeah. So, I mean, he's got to do his. He he did his. He's done a crime. He's going to have to do the time for that. And and um, it it won't take away from his greatness. It won't take away from him being good again at training racehorses. I can tell you now. And um, so, so I've just refused to mute him. Well. You know, I've had to have a few conversations with work with them just sorting me out where the lines yeah, okay, yeah. No, where the lines go. Yeah. Work work yeah. work were fine. They didn't yeah. want they didn't want him me expected I should mute him. Yeah. But they did have to knock a few edges off on yeah, what you sort of can say you, what you can say and, and yeah. probably um you know, you you're beating your head against a brick wall if you go out batting for, for him outside the square on social media, which I did for a little while. But um yeah, we, we, once we once we sorted the lines out, everything's been yeah. okay. So if he's part of a racing story now or a horse's journey, I, I, 
I don't mute him. That's yeah. That's pretty much. Well, I think any any person can can relate to standing by your mate. I think that's that's just what it sounds like. So let's leave it at that. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. mate. So let's talk about doing a bit of the form now as well. So I um I personally I've never done any jumps form. Like I watch them. Um, I might have like a fun bet, um, but I don't do the form and I don't know how to do the form. Um, so, so what are some of the little things that you like to see leading into this carnival for the jumps races? Like are you just trying to find the toughest prick? What, are you watching replays? You mentioned trials for Bannerstrand. Or... I, I called the trials for the last set of trials. I always call them. So not any of them. I've probably watched them all you know, three or four times since. But I reckon there's, there's nothing like watching them live when you're calling at the trials through the binoculars. I've got a set of 60 by 15s and actually watching them jump a couple themselves. Um, so you want to be a good jumper. So you want to be able to handle wet ground. Um, you want to progress through the prep like, you know, the right way. I mean, yeah. if they're trialling okay, but they're running, they're getting lapped on the flat, you're going to be a little bit wary about yeah, how they're yeah. going to perform, aren't they, unless they've got runs on the board. So, I mean, there's not... You know, there's not much rocket science about it. I yeah. mean, it's just, yeah, watching um, both live and the replays and their previous races and trying to work out, and if they've got good flat form, well, how do they jump? You know, how do how are they jumping at the trials? If they're not jumping and settling at the trials, they're not going to at the races. So, um, yeah, a lot of it's, yeah. uh, a lot of it's go of, you know, go with what you see and, the last set of trials are as good a guide as you can get, but but it's it's probably bigger than that, yeah. you know. And probably weights and measures aren't aren't as big a thing in jumps racing. No, like with the like if I'm doing form for the flat stuff, of course, are you a bit similar with your with your approach to doing form for the flat races? Like you have to preview meetings you're calling. Like I'm more of times and, and weights and measures sectionals replays you know are you, do you i am i am i'm still a bit old school which, yeah with that you probably don't get as much consistency as what you do um you know doing it the modern way yeah because obviously if you're on a if you're on a um, particular race and you like you rated the race with your eyes mm-hmm. um that can get you into a bit of trouble because mm-hmm. uh, like there's two of them in a, in a maiden today at Penella and one's four and one's eight to one and you go well that's a good price and then the guys that are cleverer you know like you blokes that do the form the modern way end up pushing that those horses could start you know seven and 14 yeah and run accordingly and you're totally off the mark yeah so i mean that's but uh alternatively when you're right um when you're right they uh you know you it's like anything, you, you 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 benefit. So, yeah, it's it's got its uh, it, it's it's probably not as good as the modern way, but I mean it's a it's a good way of finding one with your own eyes. Yeah, and there's nothing better, isn't there? Yeah. yeah, mate. Um, heading in, this must feel like I said it to you when when I met when you walked in today. It must feel like a bit like Christmas Eve for you with the uh, upcoming ball. We got you a pretty good time here on the podcast. You must be really looking forward to this year in particular after having no crowds on, on track last year. What was it like? Was it just a comp- real surreal feeling or, um, yeah? Yeah, it was, it was totally different. It would have been easy to get too flat. You know, I was pretty lucky. I reckon the racing.com coverage and, and Jason Richardson, I'll credit it to a lot because he's such an energetic person. He just had the coverage last year just sort of buzzing all the way through, which which I was watching it and then that sort of had me up and buzzing enough to um, to go as well as I needed to be because I play off the crowd at Warrnambool. So I need them. I need yeah. them as much as they need me. Uh, to roar when I um, was in a, in a race, I, I actually can't see the jump just past the winning post. People don't realise this is not an excuse, but I actually can't see the jump clearly, the one just after the winning post because of a window panel that runs down the the box. yeah the caller's box yeah. uh, iconic uh, <laughs> an iconic window box. panel <laughs> yeah. and and I missed the dominator 
uh, nearly falling in that in that uh, first ever Decron Dunrail, and the crowd roared. You know, like the crowd helped me out. So if the crowd oh, roar yeah. and I don't see something, I'm looking. You know, what, what what have I missed? And uh, so so to not have them last year was was really um, it. it yeah, without uh, I think richallen.com did a good job to keep me up and about because it was a lot. It was pretty. It was pretty flat. Well, they're coming in hot this year because I've seen a lot of a lot of Twitter chat. Oh, um, a lot of people we yeah. engage with too on yeah. our socials at Two Units Podcast. They're just people are just raring to go. Yeah, for the it's, three it's, days it's going to be so, huge. So that excites me. Yeah, yeah. that excites me. But I mean, um, so I'm excited to answer your question. But the pressure is still real. Yeah, I mean, I, you. We're just the same as anybody else. We have days, everyone has a day at work that that's not fun or that they don't go as, you know, doesn't matter whether you're punting or you're umpiring yeah. a game of footy. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was have a day early that February you, for me. Yeah, yeah have it's <laughs> every week. <laughs> have a day that you don't like, you know, where yeah. things don't go right. Uh, happens to everybody. So obviously I don't want one of those days to happen on the three days of the carnival. I want to call the photos right. I want to get my lines right. Um, I want to not mess up any colours. Yeah. Um, I want to come up with things that people remember, like a vroom, 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 and that. And when, when, when the opportunity comes, not think about it afterwards. Jeez, I missed a chance there. There's no good missing a chance. You've got to yeah, yeah. bang with it, you know? Yeah. Post call um, regret. Yeah, no, no good post call regret, you know? <laughs> go hard or go home. <laughs> drink, drink beer back weird. You've, got to, you've only got one chance. Yeah. You've only got one chance. And, um, and and I want to nail them so that so the pressure and I want to do a better job every year. I want to call a grand annual better than I did last year. So um, that's a professional so there's, mindset. There's there, a mate. bit that's of pro- why, that's why you're the best in the business. I reckon with that <laughs> sort of mindset. Rick. So there's a bit of there's a, there's a fair bit of pressure that goes yeah. with the excitement, Nick. That's that's best way of putting it. Good hey, mate. fellas, speaking of the best in the business, I've just had my rock Ali get up at Bendigo at eleven, <laughs> so I'm feeling pretty good about myself. So I know how to till it's over that was, in that race. That's uh, um, not in the top four. Ooh, no. Paul Prusk is your mate, isn't he? Oh, I'm pr- yeah, I'm pretty chummy bit. with Paul. Yeah. He, um, he's working that hard at the moment. He probably hasn't got time to talk to yeah. battlers like me. <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm, sorry, Rick, can we just wind that back? I, I didn't get that tip at the table. <laughs> you obviously something. didn't log into Twitter today. I mean, Saltz is drinking the beer out of, out of my fridge, but I, I somehow didn't I didn't get on the end Actually, of it's quite funny. I bought these Melbourne bitters, by the way. They're in your fridge. And they're Rick's Melbourne, so we're actually drinking your Melbourne's at the moment. Well, I got thing in my fridge well, mine, Rick. I got till it's over. You talk about the Prusker camp. I got the till it's over voicemail, and he said it was ready to go. Oh no! Well, so he's giving you the dodgy, and the other one yeah, drifted. So you <laughs> mate, and it's yeah. one, and yeah. she hasn't top forward. I'm feeling a bit sick for the till it's over. Of course, that death taxes and trainer mail not showing up. That's the yeah. <laughs> three certainties in life. Um. Actually, speaking yeah, of punting, flows spe- right in, this yeah. flows right in. Speaking of um, speaking of punting, do you? Because I, I like to really engage and listen with the caller, and I don't want to. And I'm interested to hear if you do bet when you're calling. Um, I think with some callers in particular, and I don't want to name names, Terry Bailey, but you can <laughs> tell when these guys have got a little uh, interest in the talking through their pocket a bit in the call. I can't tell that with you, Rick, when you call races. So do you have a punt when you're calling? Or? Can, can I jump in there? Mm. What, you're saying you can't tell with TV? <laughs> I, honestly, I honestly didn't know that he laid bivouac in the Manicato. I couldn't <laughs> tell. When he was four back the fence, I had no idea it's, that TV was against him. It's the only horse he calls. <laughs> <laughs> now we love Terry. Um, and he's oh, a absolutely. colleague of yours. He's, he's a, a, he's a character. And so we, racing, we get around. We racing needs characters, here. yeah. I answer your question, I... Um, Oh, I've had some big bets in my life, but um, I'm probably only a um, hundred-dollar punter. Um, might only have one or two bets a day. Um, have I had some bigger bets? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I did have forty thousand on Brazil to win the World Cup one year. <laughs> You're Hang on a that second. didn't go. That didn't go too well. well. They didn't win. Didn't say no, what they year didn't win. Are we talking the Ronaldinho? Yeah, that must have been Ronaldinho. No, <laughs> they didn't win. But uh, oh I was, it was probably a case of like it was probably a case of playing with their salts. You can. It's probably a oh, case of playing good. with this. I had a hundred each way Pollock Bureau at the Swan Hill Carnival at a hundred to one that sailed down the outside of one. <laughs> oh, oh, you're yes. kidding me. 
Oh my god! That was a great. Uh, that yeah. was a great day. I jumped out of the box. You would have known I was on it that day. <laughs> last, last race at Swan Hill on Saturday. <laughs> Matty Pumper out against the outside rail in the wet, and charging home down the outside from nowhere. Were you in the quaddy as well? Did you have it one out? No, oh, no, I just don't worry know. about that. It, <laughs> it was a, It was funny how it came about because Ostie Coffee would ring me about his chance, talk to me about his chances, and want to get the form off me, and he. Uh, he got to the last race and he said, oh, what about this one? I said, well, it's got no open. He said, why do you say that? And I said, well, it's, it was first up. And I said, well, it's six zip. None from six first up. I said, it's not going to be troubling the scorers here. And he said, what if I told you it's never ever been ready first up in its life before, but it's ready today? I said, oh, well, maybe it'll go okay then. Anyway, my next phone call was with Bunsen after the scratchings. He's a good mate of mine to check off my tips. And, and we got to the... Um, last race and he was going through his form and he said I can't tell you what will win this race but I can tell you what won't win and that's the two favourites because they'll be both sitting on a hot tempo and they won't be winning he said uh, I couldn't tell you what will be winning it but something will charge home down the outside and I said to him well what about Politburo and he said no, zero from six first up couldn't have it. And I said, what if I told you that it wasn't right? <laughs> what, what if I told you it wasn't right? It's first six up, uh, first uh, prep, six preps and it's right today. And he goes, I think we better have something on it. It was 100 to one. It got oh, that's thing. unbelievable. Anyway, I gave it back on Brazil. Yeah. <laughs> I think a little bit of it. Um, mate, speaking of you sort of, you don't shy away on, on social media and, and what I do love about you is you tell it how it is and that's actually very refreshing when it can seldom happen um, in the it's media. It cost me my job a few dollars. Oh, well, I was, I was going to say, are there, are there any sprays or, or anything that you've, that you've done on air that have like semi come back to bite or, you know, ragged, ragged on a ride and, and then the jockey's not wanted to speak to you or, or ripped on a training effort or anything like that that you can... That you can think of that won't get you in too much hot water reminiscing? Oh, look, I'm not going to go in on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've already there, built the bridge. You don't want to burn it again. Fair enough. There's been yeah. a, well, no, more please explains have come through work, you know? Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. Because they, they get people ringing in, they get pressure on them. Yeah. Um, you know, what, what? what's he saying here? And then so they've got to come to me and say, what are you saying? Um, well, yeah, I guess I'll, that's good perspective because sometimes so in, in the media we're like, Oh, I wish such and such would have would have commented on that or whatever, but maybe there's um, a lot more repercussions behind the scenes in terms of. I'd like to from, think of. Yeah. I've had to do a few social media courses and be educated, and that as part of um, a part of uh, past demeanours <laughs> or indiscretions. Yeah. So nah, you've call. got to be a bit more careful these days. But if I yeah, if I say something, I like to say well, say it how it is <laughs> right there. Yeah, they're just out there waiting to jump on you. Mate. <laughs> yeah, anything to say it's. Uh... 2021. I've actually spoken. Rick and I speak on the phone a fair bit, and um, we, we've become decent mates, haven't we? Um, in terms of just chatting about punting. everyone salts mates because he's free yeah. <laughs> winners like nah, my you're... Car Lee. <laughs> oh, you're on the wrong one. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm, I'm waiting to get in on the group. If you want to add me to the group chat, just so I can get <laughs> it's just Rick and so salt. Sorry, mate. Just leave out the um, Brazil World Cup win. Tips yeah. <laughs> what about um? The worst call you've ever done. I remember you and I have spoken about that time you called the Hotham and they all wore the same silks. Do you oh, remember yeah. that one? Yeah, the Hotham. Yeah, Is no, that up there? It's right up there. Yeah. <laughs> that was an awful call. Because it, it was the call to match the race, people were saying, but like they were all it wearing was. the same bloody colours. Yeah, no, it was a horrible They'd call. They'd want to change no that. Away yeah. 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 All right, well, we won't run over that because you seem a bit flat about it. So. No, no, it's, no it's, not, it's, it's fact. It was a terrible call. Oh, well, but, mate, when everything's wearing the same colour, what are you bloody yeah, supposed no, to it do? Was, not it your was, fault. It was, it was a tough... Um, it was a tough one. I, I to be honest, I try and was that I try and get over the um, I try and get over the bad calls pretty quickly. <laughs> hey mate, um, outside of racing though, what what else what else drives you? We know you have a big family, and we've also heard a whisper that you don't mind donning the lycra and a little bit of road cycling as well, which is uh, right up mine and Salt's alley too. Um, you head to Adelaide regularly for Tour Down Under, so. Yeah, what else drives you away from racing? No, that's probably the bike's a big thing. It's good for your mental health, and and if I wasn't, if I didn't have my bike, I'd probably be 120 kilos the way I drink and eat and smoke. And yeah, yeah so, <laughs> so um, the bike's the bike's good. Um, I've you know, I've raced at a good level, but I like I like this race. Being fit enough to race with the vets is just a bit of fun. Um, 
So, yeah, the bike's a big thing. And, you know, when you've got kids, there's always something going on, junior sport and all that. It's a bit of, it's a bit of fun. But, yeah, out, outside of that and racing, there's not much time for anything else, Nick, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, we might have to tee up a uh, three-units peloton one day. Yeah, so absolutely. Soon, um, Rick can do the lead I'm out. I'm going to sit on his wheel. For <laughs> I did 200 day. last Saturday. Did you? Did you? Around well, Ocean well, Grove. Yeah. Oh, nice. I'll sit on your wheel for about 80 and then I'll get a little bit bored. And a little latte rider. <laughs> yeah, Nick loves a latte. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. got to be a 50-50 split. Back in the latte day. Latte riding yeah. for me. Yeah, okay. 200 used to be a nice warm-up for me when <laughs> oh, I was back, back in the day, but I've, I've lost me touch a bit, Rick. So. Yeah, I struggled with it, don't worry. About yeah. yeah. Um, hey, what we're going to do, Rick, we might... Your Melbourne, your Melbourne bid yeah, is getting I'm a bit fine. low. Yeah. Stoltz is ready too. I'm, I'm pacing myself, guys. But yeah. we might head to just a short little break and we're going to do a little uh, Salt Spec segment after this with, the, uh, with some of the races coming up at Warrnambool. So we'll be back shortly. Top Sport is bringing you something that's better than the best and better than the rest. It's best of the best multis. Your top odds are guaranteed. Just place a best of the best multi across any Saturday Metro meeting to score yourself the top fluck or top dividend from the three national totes on each leg. How's that for top dollar? Download the app today and bet your way. Visit topsport.com.au. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Best of the best not available WA races. Gamble responsibly. Welcome back, listeners. It's time to get into our Salt Specs part of the show. Also here with our uh, special guest, Rick McIntosh. Um, before we get your tips, Saltsy Boy, I want to ask Rick, obviously, about the big one coming up this week, the Grand Annual. Mate, um, have you got something on top there for us, a little tip? Obviously, you got ZM, the 10-year-old, and gold medals, the 11-year-old. Will the old old boys be battling it out this year, or, or are you going to be looking elsewhere in that race? Well, you're throwing spying on you, who won the, who's won two Great Easterns now, who's a grey beard of his own. And uh, the, the three veterans are probably where the, where the race lies. Uh, gold medals is a fantastic school the other day. He's ready, don't be fooled salty by doing your form and he can't run home in 13 of the furlong at the end of his flat races. <laughs> he's got the sticks in front of him, he's ready to go. I've, I've got a personal view that ZM can't win without Pateman, um, whether Patrick Payne and Pateman end up doing a deal that gets Pateman out of yes sir and a yen sir and onto um, on ZM, I'm not sure. There's a, there'll be ducks or drakes play out, but uh, no, no Pateman, no ZM for mine. He just settles for him, he knows him. You get to see that rapport that the rider's got with the horse through the binoculars when they're jumping. ZM and Pateman are... And ZM had a little blowout today in that, that race that Salts had a tip in that didn't... Share yeah, he'd have got well. out the back and yeah. we'd, I, we didn't watch it because we were working, but he'd have got out the back and passed a few. That's that's uh, what he would have done. But uh, I, I think he... Um, yeah, with, I'm, I'd be putting ZM right in the game if Pateman happens to end up on his back. I can't... Um, I think gold medals is going beautifully. Throwing spying on you. Um, it cries of a little lightweight on the course, on the scene, that could win it. Flying agent would have been that horse, I reckon, if he was in and they were, and he was trained for it. Um, whether it's Paddy's got Michelin, whether he's up to winning it. Um, I think the other South Australian, Pentelligentsia, is going to have a young rider, Nathan Newton, riding him. He's on the minimum weight. He raced ZM all the way in the Great Eastern, almost fell at the second last, and then just ran out of puff late and spying on you came and beat them both. His run was okay. He's got a tiny little blowout chance. He'll probably be, he'll probably be big odds too. But you've probably got to work around... Um, the, the hometown hero, yeah, gold medals. He looked like he couldn't beat you and I on the flat, Nick, but <laughs> he's jumping school the other day. He's still got the interest for it. so And I'd imagine the locals down there will gravitate towards him, which that does mean a little bit. Like most of the places, um, the markets are shaped by experts who do the, who've got figures in their computer, you know, not by um, somebody with an eye like the you or me. Yeah. Um, but um, Warnable tends to be, it can be different, you know, because... Uh, you know, because he's a hometown hero, there'll be money for him, and uh, there'll be weight added to that. Um, he's he's probably the one to beat. ZM, if he gets Pateman on, could beat him. Um, respecting spying on you, um, 
Mitchell, if there's going to be a blowout, maybe one of Patrick's or Pentelligentsia. So that, that's the way the annual's shaping for mine. Now, that could all change on Tuesday if something. Yep. I know a bit of a lad's going to run in the Briley, except Thursday, and see how he runs, see how he pulls up. So there's still a fair bit to play out, but that's, that's looking forward. Awesome, mate. That's a, that's a great little summary for our listeners. Thanks very much, Rick. Uh, Saltsy boy, you've got a couple of bets that you're going to play at on Tuesday at Warrnambool. First one in race eight over the 1700. Yeah, so at, we're recording on a Sunday and only the, the fields are out and acceptances and markets for the Tuesday. Um, 1700, like you said, race eight, indispensable, trained by Paul Pruska. Um, it's flying, it's hard fit. It, it won against a bit of an inside bias last start at Ballarat. Um and it ran on. It got the tempo to suit, but it, it was it was a day that was quite difficult to make ground. Um, it beat Zaydani there, who I was on at Flemington, and should have won. Still not over it. Um, it's well weighted here down in the weights. Handles wet tracks, and um, I think it, currently it's six eighty or something with Top Sport, um, and that is overs. So I'll be backing that indispensable. Um, and I've got one in the ninth here, uh, over 1,200 metres, Lavina. Um, I had this on side at its Vic debut. It was with Lindsay Smith in WA. Um, came over, had a good trial, and actually defied a drift at Ballarat on its Vic debut and bolted in. Um, and it's had two jump outs, soft jump outs, quite close together leading up to this race. So I think that signals some intent. And old Uncle Lindsay, he loves aiming them up for the bull. So... I think this is a good horse. It's one to a soft six before. There's a little bit of rain on the cards um, tomorrow and, and Tuesday as well. So there'll, there'll most likely be some giving the ground. Um, and I think Lavina at about 460 um, is a good bet. Um, so that's race eight and nine. Rick, you've actually got something that you're spruiking on the first day of the carnival. Do you want to take us away and, and run us through what you like? Well, look, the odds are probably gone, but I think flying agents is the better the carnival. Um, he's the best jumper um, getting around, uh, he, potentially. He, he's come up so much better this year. He's, he was bought by uh, Amy McDonald and Lee Horner and their owners uh, three years ago with a view to being a jumper, and he's in his third year now. And they still haven't aimed him up at a grand annual. They're saying that's to come. He's improved so much, so they've taken their time with him, and he's just got better each year. Now, this horse has won his last four hurdle starts. This is a steeple. He hasn't won the chase yet, but he's a magnificent jumper. He won his last hurdle start at Hamilton. He sat outside Britannicus, uh, who won the Grant Young at Oakbank the start before and beat him by seven. And a few of your mates own Britannicus too, don't yeah, they? Yeah, Racing.com. Racing. Britannicus, I better get it right. Yeah. <laughs> um, the start before his last... His not the start before, but his hurdle start before that. He won a, he won a hurdle at Ballarat by 19 in the heavy. He's a, he schooled the other day behind... Um, he split gold medals in ZM in the school. And Daryl Horner, he just trucked up behind him like... He like had about four grips on him. And um, <laughs> if, if it had been a race, he would have went straight past gold medals in ZM and he would have, would have finished halfway straight in front of him. He's, he's a magnificent jumper. He's come along wonderfully. They've kept his rating right. So he goes into the Briley on the minimum. He's been through the paddocks a few times. He hasn't won a chase yet, but won't be a pro- that won't stop him. Um, he lost Lee Horner to injury, but his brother Daryl's had a few rides on him. Uh, it's a good quality race. The Briley always is. Bit of a lad, police camp. Um, he's got some opposition, but... Uh, yeah, next might be on the way to next year's grand annual win. He'll win the Briley right now, Tuesday. Hopefully, I've put my money where my mouth is. I don't want to bet during the carnival too much. It's you get your mind. I've got enough on my plate. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I've had one fair. bet. Yeah. I liked him. I've said all along. I've yeah. liked him uh, for You've the last few off the weeks. Price on him too. Very lovely. Well, the TAB, according to their flux, they bet eight dollars, but nobody so, got it. Yeah. yeah In so, terms yeah. of staking, is it just a is it a Swan Hill play or is it a Brazil World Cup play? <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, it's, I've had 500 on him. So <laughs> that's um, good enough for me. That's, uh, yeah, I've had, that's, it's yeah, going to be my only bet. I'll, I'll, um, don't worry, I'll still get up and about if one of my best bets wins during the three days because you've got a following and you want to be right. Oh, you, know, you know what it's like. It, fe- it's as, it feels as good as the money coming in is actually 
being right and helping other people win money. Oh, it's yeah. 100%. Yeah. I haven't realised it until we've started doing this podcast, but I care far more about the result from an ego point of view than from an actual cash flow yeah. point of view. So yeah. it's, you're just like, oh, I'll put this one out in the uh, air. Yeah. I, uh, I want it to salute. What so. you're saying is like, a, like blokes like Rick and I are obviously just gutsy, courageous jets. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, <pretty laughs> Putting our nuts on the line, mate. That's but anyway, exactly I've, I've made it the better maca- the carnival, I've yeah. told anyone that's wanted to listen. And if, if, <laughs> if that gets a beat on Tuesday, I'm, in advance, I'm sorry to all your listeners out there. But I mean, I, I, I follow the jumps and I just yeah. reckon this is this is this horse's... Uh, yeah, it'll be... It'll need a lot of bad luck to, to lose. That's, awesome, which can happen over... 3450 don't get me wrong. It's a lot of time. <laughs> it can happen in a 1200 meter flat race. <laughs> yeah, that's you're that's not wrong. Hey mate, that um that actually brings brings a close to our uh, show today. Hey, we we just want to thank you so much for your time. It's been a great great 50 minutes an hour here, Rick, just uh, chewing the fat with you mate. We wish you all the best this week. We know it's uh, a bit of a nervous time for you as you've expressed and uh, you can obviously tune in to the Warnable Carnival on racing.com across those three days. It's brilliant coverage. They've got a magnificent team they've put it together. You won't miss a... Who's down there you with won't you, miss mate? A trick. Well, I think Richo's hosting the first, uh, the whole carnival. They've got a different four-man each day. Um, uh, Jane's there for a couple of days in the yard. Kate's out and about. Maddie Stewart's out and about. Shane Jackson's going to be a special guest. It's an Mike, absolute junket. <laughs> Mike, si- Mike Simons is, to- oh, is, yeah, yeah. is taking people through the jumps form. Uh, Adam Cretton's coming for the third day. He'll call the cup and, and help me through um, through the last day. Um, yeah, no, they've got a good... You won't miss a thing, but Same. you've got to go next year, Nick. I'm, I'm going to go and, I'm go- and I'll be one of those <laughs> We've got a hook up buying, you, buying you a drink at yeah. the uh, top whalers there, mate, when, you, when you're already full, but Salts, you sound like the only form analyst that hasn't got an invite to. Uh, <laughs> oh, I know. This week. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not quite in the upper echelon just yet, mate. Just yeah, yet. but mate, all the best this week. Thanks so much for your time. Um, that brings a close to our first ever three unit special, and what a ripper it was. And uh, listeners, we'll catch you next week for all our uh, normal recording as two units uh, powers on. Thanks so much, Rick. No worries. Big honour to be the first three units. Oh, well done, mate. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs>